Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. with you and a big thank you for joining us today. We're continuing a series called Empowered, looking at the person and power of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. And uh, in our journey today, we're going to take up the, the thought of where Jesus shares that when the Holy Spirit comes within our life, we can know rivers of life, holy rivers of life flowing through us and going through our hearts and, and uh, our lives. Um, I came across a story recently. It's quite an amazing story of survival. And it's regarding a man called um, Mauro Prosperi. He's an Italian pentathlete and he was a gold medalist in the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. Well, 10 years later, 1994, he enrolled in a marathon across the Sahara Desert. It was over 155 miles. How about, it's not the sort of run that I would like to do, if I'm running to the bus hard enough, let alone 155 miles across the Sahara Desert. And uh, he enrolled for that and um, he, he, he got lost. He survived 10 days in the Sahara Desert, lost. He was ultimately found. And what happened to him was that he started off so well, and after, after the first couple of days, he was in fourth place out of 130 participants. But a sandstorm came, and rather than stop, wait for an hour or two and wait it out, he got worried that he might be overtaken by some others. So he kept running, thinking that he, you know, he'd make it through and ran through the storm. What he didn't realize was he ran in the wrong direction. And uh, for something like, uh, it was 186 miles. When he was finally found, it was 186 miles, 10 days later, of course. It's incredible that he survived 10 days in the Sahara. He ended up um, losing his rations after the first couple of days, and uh, he ended up eating bats and um, incredible things like drinking their blood because he hadn't run out of water. He even started to distill his own urine and drunk his urine so that he could survive. It, it, it's, it's an incredible story and it was amazing that he did survive. And that's the thing about water. Water is life. You know, dehydration is dangerous. And um, the reason being is that the human being, you, you and I, we're made up of between 60 to 70% of water on average, on average about 60%, it can go up to about sort of 70%. And uh, you know, you and I can probably survive, we're told by doctors, um, you know, several weeks without food, uh, be very challenging, but uh, only several days, like three or four days without water before we really start to be quite dangerous. And that's the power of water in, in, in and through our lives. Our bodies function by water flowing through our bodies, in our blood, in our joints, controlling the heating of our bodies, the balance of our heat, our heat you know, the, the brain functions properly, uh, you know, our blood functions properly, and, and, and our, our, our internal organs and our joints. 
And so, you know, dehydration is incredibly dangerous. But I would say and want to suggest to you that um, we need to be aware today that spiritual dehydration is incredibly dangerous for our, our, our health, our spiritual health. And, uh, and that's where I want to go over the next few moments together. So we're going to look at John chapter 7. Verse 37 to 39, Jesus says some quite amazing things about the person of the Holy Spirit and the river of living water that can flow through our lives. It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus um, stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. But to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Bit of background just to sort of set the context of that short account that we've just read together. Um, the festival. The festival that's in question there was the Feast of Tabernacles. If you read the beginning of that chapter, Jesus initially didn't go, wasn't going to go to the feast, but then did eventually. And uh, that was in Jerusalem. And if you were within 15 miles of Jerusalem, it was compulsory during that festival that all the males, all Jewish males attended that feast. It was um, it was called the Feast of Tabernacles because it, it, what what happened was that the, the 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 people were reminded of their nomadic lifestyle. They built tabernacles or booths or shelters uh, out of branches and foliage, and um, for seven days they this is for seven days they lived outside, and it was to remind them of their nomadic background and their lifestyle, uh, how they lived outside and for when God delivered them and took them in through the wilderness and they, they walked for many years but God looked after them. And um, it, it um, also had an added later an added celebration of harvest, the year's harvest. So really it's, there's this understanding of, of God looking after his people in a nomadic lifestyle but bringing their sustenance and their food and so they celebrated that year's harvest and uh, it was such a great festival and event over the seven day period uh, that the his Jewish historian Josephus said it was probably one of Israel's greatest festivals. The, the, the Passover, Pentecost the Feast of Tabernacles. These are three incredible festivals. And this was one of the greatest, said Josephus, because of its, its nature. Now the last day, the seventh day, was a high point. So this festival was, they would have been ecstatic. It would have been so big. But the very last day was even bigger, put it that way. And on this last day, the, what would happen is the priest um, would go down uh, from the temple and uh, would go down through the city to the pool of Siloam to, um, with a pitcher um, to scoop up, a silver pitcher to scoop up, uh, about, I think it was about two pints of water, it was that big, and would carry it back up through the city, through the water gate, to into the temple and uh, to, to the altar and would walk around the altar. It was on the last day. He would do this every day, but on the last day he would do that, but then walk around the altar seven times. It's symbolic of the walking around the deliverance of Jericho. 
And as he'd done that on the seventh time, they would, the water would be poured um, out onto the altar to the shouts of joy of, from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And this is the context. So, so this was not only a celebration of, of, their, of God's looking after them, their, their nomadic lifestyle, being looked after by God, the harvest and the pr- provision of God, but also the, the water the gift of water, of life of God, particularly in uh, an Eastern, the Middle Eastern climate, you can imagine. And this was, this was a huge, and this was a very high point. And it was at this momentous moment, this high point that Jesus stands up and speaks. It was a great moment and it has carries great impact. And it was at this point that Jesus stands up and speaks. And uh, the people are looking to God and thanking God for water that sustains, you know, life and their bodily thirst, but then, uh, which is important in the Eastern culture, which we can see. But Jesus now reminds them, he says, if anyone thirsts, let them see, believe in me, and rivers of living water will burst forth from their lives. And so Jesus is reminding them to thirst for God, not just, you know, the thirst of water that brings a great harvest and this great God, but to thirst particularly, purposely for God with your whole heart. Not just think of your body, but think of the eternity and think of God. And he reminds them and he makes a, and in, in doing this, this is an indirect messianic claim. He's claiming to be the Messiah because this is what the Messiah would do, the Jews always look forward to. Three things that come out of this uh, account, uh, which, we, which I want to just uh, focus on as we set that scene. And that, that background is important as we look at this idea of water for life and spiritual life and life in the Holy Spirit. Number one, there's three things. There's a condition. There, we have a condition. There's a human condition. There's a condi- and there is a condition to know the Holy Spirit. And the condition is this, is if anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, says Jesus, and uh, you know, you and I, human beings, we are thirsty for life. We're thirsty. There's a the, what? What is something about human nature? Is there is a thirst for life, uh, for love, um, for significance, for purpose. You know, we have this deep, innate desire, uh, a thirst for life, and to live life, and the best of life, and and to get life, and and love, and to be loved, and to love. And this idea of significance, who I am and the, the difference that I make and, and where I'm going, purpose and where my life is taking me. You know, the world in which we live um, says, direct your thirst for stuff, for things, you know, um, others consume. And so the, the, the way in which our world directs us is to, 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 to thirst for things, others, life, other stuff around us and to consume. It's a, a, a life of cons- consumption, a consumer culture. Uh, But in this account, Jesus reminds us, as he did them at that time, he reminds us um, to direct our thirst towards God and eternal things. And uh, this is so important. And and this is probably the very key to life and knowing the flow of God in our lives and knowing the Holy Spirit. And it's this, he reminds us and reminds them to direct our hearts towards God, to be consumed by him. Not to consume, but be consumed by God and then enjoy life. And that's the beautiful thing. To be consumed by God, we can then enjoy our lives. We can still enjoy life. It's interesting that Jesus um, 
on another occasion in a, in a different uh, in John, Mark Matthew's gospel he says but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given you it says a similar thing you know when we seek God and living for him then everything in life around us will fall into place and be given to us rather than seek life and everything and leave God out and this is so important and so there is this condition to thirst for God and to refocus and focus our hearts on God and then everything in life will flow quite amazing and that's the first thing the second thing that we that I want to say is this that we read from this account there is an invitation there is a condition and that condition as we begin to see with our thirst flows with an invitation and it's this come to me and drink says Jesus come to him come to me and drink meet with him meet with me says Jesus when you believe in me and meet with me and drink and thirst for God then you will know a flow in your life and uh, there's this need of meeting with Jesus there's knowing about Jesus and then actually meeting and giving our lives to him and that is incredibly important for you and for I you know there needs to be moments of meeting each day every day we're going to know God know, know the Holy Spirit a thirst that is towards him moments of meeting each day whereby we can renew our hearts you know we can re be refreshed we can restore our spirits we can recenter our lives and I find this probably a central point in my own life and of knowing God and 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 the flow of God in my heart and life and my Christian life being alive and vibrant and knowing Jesus alive is to have meeting moments moments of meeting with him and so he says if anyone comes to me come to me and drink says Jesus you know where are you drinking you know in, in our lives today we drink in many places and in, in many watering holes, as it were, other than Jesus Christ. And that's where we sometimes go wrong. You know, Mario Prosperi, he ran through a sandstorm and, uh, and went off course. He, he, he ran through the sandstorm because, and he went off course and he missed the water points. On this 155 mile um, uh, Sahara, uh, it's three marathons, it's a race through the Sahara Desert that's three marathons basically and and there's water points all the way along the way that guide you along the way but he ran through a storm the sandstorm and he missed the water point and he ran through the sandstorm because he didn't want to be overtaken in the race and sometimes in life that's like you and I we can run through life not wanting to miss out on this or watch them and they're doing that and oh, on this offer on that and what then happens is that we miss if we don't have our moments those moments with God, then we miss those milestone moments or those watering points where we meet with Jesus and we can miss and we, we don't reach our final destination and reach our destination in him. It's important that, you know, I, I ran the Great North Run many years ago when I lived in Newcastle upon Tyne and a friend of mine gave me some advice and said, Adrian, when you're on this half marathon, make sure that you just use the water points. Don't run by them, take, you know, take on enough water. He was absolutely right, because being hydrated enabled me to complete the race. And I did it in a decent enough time. Thirdly, what we see, yeah, so, so there's this understanding, there's an invitation to meet with him. And so you and I, what are you doing to meet with him today, tomorrow, each day? Uh, have you met with him? And, and this is what we're called, we're called to meet with him. And thirdly and finally, there's a promise. 
there is a promise there's a condition there's an invitation and there is a promise and the promise is this whoever believes in me oh what an amazing promise whoever believes in me in jesus rivers of living water will flow from within them the holy spirit comes to live within and then flow in and through and out of our lives beautiful refreshing us and touching others and that's the picture that jesus gives here you know you will experience a supernatural holy spirit flow in and through your heart and life it's not for the superheroes of this world it's for everyone who's a hero in jesus view and it's for all and uh, we will experience the supernatural holy spirit flow in our lives it's amazing and this i find quite amazing how you can feel uh, lethargic maybe headache a bit headachey you know during a warm day and um, if you drink the right amount of water you, you end up feeling alert and headache free um, and that's something that, that has spoken to me I, I read an article you know a, a year ago about how in the modern age in which we live many of us are probably not are slightly dehydrated we're not hydrated enough and there's this idea of you need to drink so much water per day. But uh, it, it, is, it is true that um, you can feel a bit off, a bit lethargic, you know, headachey. You drink the right water, then you become alert, you feel free, your headaches it seems to go. Spiritual dehydration is deadly. It's dangerous to be spiritually dehydrated, to not know the whole flow of the Holy Spirit. And it's not for just super, supernatural, super anointed people. This is for you and for me every day, knowing the flow of the supernatural presence and flow of the Holy Spirit through our hearts and lives. You know, let's today, let's give God our lives. Let's give him our hearts. Let's give him our all. And uh, as we do, let's direct our thirst towards him, towards God, towards Jesus. And as we do that, his rivers of the holy spirit will just flow through our hearts and through our lives through you and through me there will be a sense of a spiritual rehydration and uh, we'll be renewed restored refreshed and maybe you you will be recentered in your heart and life so that we can continue in our journey and our walk as believers but not only you and i can continue but it says rivers of living water will flow from within you towards others and out and, and refresh and touch other lives and so this is how we will know the flow of the holy spirit as we pray and offer to pray for someone the holy spirit will speak to us about something or someone and, and give us a, a knowledge and understanding maybe we'll offer to pray and god seems to answer in a, in a powerful way and we'll know the flow maybe we can begin to love maybe our hearts are supernaturally touched in a way that we can forgive someone that we couldn't forgive before maybe it might be that we'll end up loving someone to, that was that didn't like us that then you start to show a love that that the circumstance change let there be a flow of the spirit in me through me and towards others as we seek him today god bless you thank you for joining us today and may you know the flow of the living holy spirit in your life thank you there's nothing that can stop our god there's nothing that can stop our god there's nothing